Man, first beal in a long time. I haven't beanged in in ages, Jeff. <laughs> I miss that beal. When I don't when I don't get a beal every couple weeks or so, I'm just not myself, really. Doesn't that almost sound like some Scandinavian like young kid's name? Like Bjorn. <laughs> Bjorn. Come here, Bjorn. Bjorn. But mama, but mama, I want to practice football, mama. God damn it, Bjorn. <laughs> Bjorn. Um, Jeffrey, I haven't even really talked to you that much in the last few weeks. I know. I I have been I have been in my own little world, man. I as you know, and as the ticker is already sort of hinting to the legions and legions of fan. Um, yeah, I moved to London and over the course of the summer. So I've sort of, I'm still kind of effectively homeless because I left my home in Austria and packed all that stuff. It is somewhere now, probably roasting in the sun. My records are probably warping. And like, in the middle of that there, I am going home to America for a little while. Then I'm coming here to the UK, but at no point have I been in a place where like I've had all the kitchen utensils that I need at no point. Have I been in a place where I know where things are? Um, and I also did a bad job of keeping in touch with people. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I didn't take it that way. I knew you were moving uh, to, to, to the, to the average listener who probably knows about your move already. Cause they're in your family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the average listener is your family. Like what, what's, what can you say about, I guess, I don't know, the last decade of your life or, or like how you've gotten right. to move or like any of, any of that as, as deep into it as you want to go. I'll go as deep as I think is like interesting to people who are tuning into a soccer podcast. But yeah, basically I've, I've lived in Vietnam, the Philippines, Hong Kong, Vienna, Austria, and now London, um, bumping around for my wife's job. And, you know, we've, it's been an amazing experience, but like, even, I don't know. It's like, if you've ever traveled, even if you're traveling on like a five-star sort of Ritz Carlton level, it's still exhausting. And I've done that for like 11 years now. So that explains the bags under my eyes for the Twitch users. Is it, is it just the moving is moving exhaustion or is it like adapting to each new country exhausting? That too. I mean, cause you're constantly confronted with things where you're like, you don't know. You're like, this is strange. Is this strange? Cause I'm talking to a strange person. Is this strange? Cause I'm in a strange culture. Is it both? Is it neither? Like, am I strange now? Because I haven't lived anywhere in so long that I don't fit in anywhere. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that. Why does the electric outlet look like something that's meant to be shoved yeah. into someone's ass as a torture device? <laughs> yeah. Um, if I push harder, will it work? I'm not All of the guess buttons. Whether that was a butt or an electrical outlet joke. <laughs> oh, um, for you, it's definitely an electrical outlet joke. Uh, Inc- incorrect. It was a butt joke. <laughs> I, I feel like all of the like buttons for things in all of Europe are fucking weird. Like it feels like America has like this very like hard edges, rectangles, like push like squares kind of button thing, or even I mean, the tra- or the traditional like up down switch. But then oh. every everything I've seen in in Europe is like round. Like there's a lot of round shit that feels like it should be hard edges. Yeah. A lot of like round things or like things that don't look like they should be switches or even things. And this is probably like really green and like Greta would love this, but like, like a a lot of like, 
like the other day we couldn't get the stove like we're in like temporary housing where they try to make it as easy for you as possible and we're still it's still not easy at all and like the other day uh we couldn't get the stove to work I'm like we just want dinner like just give us the dinner and then we realized there's a whole button that you have to turn on every appliance in the kitchen with and if you don't hit that light switch then you just your things are off and so it's it's like, like it's the point of that button. It's like, like the push button to release to exit door button. Yeah, and we have a lot uh, of those too. My my <laughs> alarm my wake up alarm just went off, uh, and it's Van Halen uh, ben, jump or some ben, shit. Ben. Nice, um, but yeah. So one of the nice things and soccer related things about living in London is I did attend last Friday night the <gasps> Premier League opening game what? Crystal Palace versus Arsenal and um, saying this on UK soil I will probably there'll probably be a team of stewards if not <laughs> bo- bobbies as they're called here or uh, police that will storm down the door but my wife very kindly bought me these tickets but um they were in it's it's like impossible to get away tickets in the Premier League, as most of our listeners probably know, because there's, you know, like a tiny away section and you have to you will have had to been like a season ticket holder for 20 years or something to get them. But it's pretty easy to buy Crystal Palace season ticket holder tickets, apparently. And so, so it was my myself and my cousin who was traveling with me. Um, we went to the game. Is your cousin another Vitkin? He is another Vitkin, so there were two Vitkins. It was, uh, I don't know. Twin Vitkins. That sounds like a, like a, a a Clint Eastwood movie. Weirdly, so like I never would have thought of us as twins until like somewhat recently. I still don't think we're twins, but uh, <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not twins. Right? We're not he, twins. He's like ten years younger than me, so it's like sort of just recently. I'm like, oh, you're like my age, kind of now. You know, like we like relate in a way. Like as kids, it was like when someone's ten years younger than you, it's like, well what do you want me to do with that? Like, but now we, now we relate. And so he's been traveling me. It was a good time, but like, he actually does like, I weirdly realized like, like we were like walking around and every now and then you like spot a mirror or something in the airport. And it's like, Oh, we're like two guys that definitely share a lot of DNA. Like we have the same weird little walk and like weird little build. And, um, we weirdly walked our way in to the crystal palace stadium with our crystal palace tickets but somehow this is like the coincidence of all coincidences and it kind of made coincidences and it kind of made my night. Um, but somehow they told us to go in the wrong entrance. So we ended up in the away section with the Arsenal fans, at least at the entrance. So like for like the half hour before the kickoff, we were there by the bar with the other Arsenal fans. And it was so you know cathartic to be surrounded by all the fans that close, you know, all these people that usually I'm just like talking to on Reddit and Twitter, like to sing the songs and have a beer and jump up and down and do all that fun stuff was like so great. But then there's a point where you're like, we got to get to our seats. I don't think they're going to let us just stay here. Although I kind of think they might have if we had like pressed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's one thing that I was surprised about. Cause I know that like as an outsider, I'd never, this is my first premier league game on British soil. Um, and I knew that there's like this big deal coming out of like the hooligan era of like, you have to have like all seater stadium. So I thought they'd be like really crazy about that. But basically we got to the guard and he like looked at us and he like looked at the tickets and he was like, Oh my God. And he was like, who do you guys support? 
And then I <laughs> like lie and be like, cause I, I need my seats over there. I'm like a uh, palace. And then right as my cousin's like Arsenal. <laughs> and then and they're like, like oh, just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like that's perjury. So, and now we're, this is broadcasting live from jail. Would they let you um, through? So they, they were like, oh, well, we got to get you over there, which is like not easy. But then there was a little part of me, they were like, if we had both just said Arsenal, would they have been like, just chill here because we don't want a bunch of Arsenal fans mixing with the Palace fans, right? Um, and- so you committed to the bit in order to protect your access to the game. And as I, such- thought if, I thought if we said Arsenal fans, they would just be like, okay, we're right this way out of the stadium then. You know, you're not going to get well, to be Arsenal, here today. Arsenal fans are allowed to be there, but it's with the specific passes you had, right? That was the no. issue. So that, yeah, exactly. Because the passes I had, like, and they specifically said, like, do not wear opposing team colors. Uh, we will not let you in the stadium it's to stop like, scalping and like hijacking of of home matches right yeah which the other great thing about this like for those of you who are not watching on twitch um the vitkins are a lithuanian family we look pretty lithuanian we are like very pale and dark haired and all that and we had tickets that had this the real season tickets name holders on them i kid you not it was uh i was rudra or no i was saeed and he was rudra and we had to get through the gate and if, if they look at it and there's any sort of like suspicion they can make you show ID. And if your ID doesn't match, then you're also not getting in the stadium, which I really, I thought was that I was like, realistically that they're going to see Saeed. They're going to look at me and they're going to tell us to go fuck off. And I kind of assumed that we would go watch the game from a pub, but uh, we, we made it in and like weirdly we're in the wrong section, which was like my favorite part of the night because then we transitioned over to the uh, to the palace section where, you know, it's like it's one of those weird moments where everyone there is singing the same thing. And I'm trying not to sing it, but it's like there's like a physical, you know, it's like everyone's clapping, clapping, clapping. So and like, like suddenly the hair on your arm is standing up. It's like you're a Jew visiting Kansas. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, like I very what much are they felt like, singing? like I put on a stormtrooper costume that I had already beaten up the stormtrooper to get, or in this case, just like paid a couple hundred pounds for. It. And then they're and like, then, "Everybody, let's sing the official stormtrooper song." Yeah, and you're like, I, "Um, I pledge allegiance to the empire." <laughs> well, and then so we finally like find our seats, and then this is the funny part that makes me think maybe we would have been okay if we had just squeezed into the arsenal section. Is they really weren't picky about the seats at all. Like, and the other people that were there were like, ah, just tuck in here, lads. You're all right. And so we tucked in there and then like the palace fans, like if I had been some American fresh off the boat who hadn't been watching soccer for the last 10 years, I feel like I would be a palace fan now because they were just so cool. And they're like, Oh, where are you guys from? Like, this is what we're singing. You probably can't understand them, but like, you know, get in there. And like, and so like 10 minutes in Brett's like, I'm not an Arsenal fan anymore. I'm a Palace fan. And he just like goes along with it. He's just like having the traitor. Because he's actually not. So this guy is not. He like kind of is that fresh faced American that doesn't watch soccer or anything. So like for him, it was pretty cool just to be there. Um, But they're just like Vitkins rule. And like yelling (laughs) your name at everyone. They they were like, they couldn't have been nicer. There was this guy's like, I'm Tom fellas. Like, I don't know. Like this is, he gave us all the whole lay of the land and everything. And then like, the whole time, like everyone else in the section would be like cheering and I'm just like trying to be like, and then, you know, the really difficult thing came like, 
I don't know, maybe 10 minutes in or 11, whatever it was when we scored the first goal. And like, everyone is like, and I'm just like, and then it it did get, it it got like mildly scary at that point too, because there were, I was not the only person. I am not the only person who snuck into the wrong section before. There are more Arsenal fans than Palace fans for sure in the world. Yes. There were definitely more Palace fans in the Palace section. Meaning, but, but meaning there's more, there's yeah. going to be more people like you trying to hack the system because there's a lot of Arsenal fans who could easily make that trip and would want to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very convenient trip on the London Overground. Like, it was like... You said it was an know. hour? Yeah, not even. Like, it was like 45, 50 minutes. And it was it was from where I am, I'm in Shoreditch. So if you know London at all, you could just you get on that little orange overground line and head straight down there. And it's like well, you get off right by the stadium. If I can, if I can offer you uh, a nudge, don't reveal anything about. Even though you attended the match, and that's like part of your experience, like don't reveal anything about the match yet, because we're gonna. That's we haven't gotten sure. to to that topic yet. But like, all right. So just before we move on to the next topic, like, what is like the the? So I mean, you've just been there for what, like two weeks? No, I I this. So I got to Europe like a week before that and Brett and I were traveling around, but we were in Belgium and the Netherlands for that trip. And so I had only spent like less than 24 hours in the UK. We like took a train back that day that got in at like 1 PM had lunch with my family, set down our bags and then turned around and went to the kickoff. Um, So I basically like just stepped foot on British soil. Okay. Well, I mean, you still might have an answer for this. What is the coolest thing about living in the UK so far about living in London and what is like the weirdest or most annoying or thing that you've been like, huh? I mean, and is it the shitty snack foods that British people make because they are not the best in the world at snack foods. Americans (sighs) are the best in the world at snack foods. That's probably true. Although I haven't really had like any sort of like, I haven't like bought a bag of crisps. I believe they're called here or anything like that yet. But everyone's but, like, Walker's crisp. It's like, it's just Lay's. We don't even like Lay's yeah. in America. Like, we have <laughs> I, better I things Lays. than that. I actually really like, like, really basic, basic B sort of uh, snack foods. Like, I love just, like, really avocado Lays. toast. I do love avocado <laughs> toast. But even, like, basicer than that of, like, I love, like, plain flavored everything. I also love other, like, sexier flavors, but like, I love, like, a plain potato chip mm. what but like i think a cape cod potato chip is a better version of a lay because you're getting sort of more of a crunch more of a resistance to your biting i would tend to agree except like if i'm if i make french onion dip which i am very want to do because all you gotta do is dump that french onion soup packet in with a thing of sour cream but, then, but, but, but a ruffle is better for dipping because again more of a chip Dex, uh, not dexterity. What's the word for? In, it it can handle more. It's yeah. tougher. There's a it's fragility more... to the lays that the ruffles, you know, just structurally are better. Right. Um, like if, if, I if, think if the I World think Trade Center, that, the ephemeral <laughs> nature of the lay when you dip is like trying to get just the right amount. And you watch, you watch the young kids. They they show up to the and they try to go for it, and then it breaks off in there. And you just look at them, and then you go by with your chip, and you steal their chip and their dip. Jeff, There's something I'm, nice about that. I'm almost 37. I'm not watching the young kids do anything anymore. And then, like they're they're like a You're problem blind. that I'm aware of. I'm like, oh, the young kids <laughs> evolving culture, taking yeah. it away from me. Um, all right, I was gonna say if the World Trade Center had been built built out of ruffles, maybe 
Yeah, and if the planes <laughs> had been built out of French, Lays. If, if the planes, had, if the planes had been built out of Lays or Walkers, we, <laughs> there'd be no nine eleven. That's a good point. Yeah, no, nine eleven would just be like the new Fourth of July for us. Like we would never remember, but it'd be in a good way. Of like, never oh. remember would be the, the, <laughs> never the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> never remember it's never like remember. such a it'd be like 9 12 when have you ever thought about 9 12 you hey do you I mean? remember that great inconvenience in the early 2000s no yeah no i don't remember that at all <laughs> no i don't remember a terrorist event i remember the day that like some snack brands had like a turf war and that was it <laughs> yeah um oh but that's all right so wait did you answer both halves of the question i didn't even listen to the question what was the, the question? question was best thing about oh, best UK and living and weirdest or worst? Man, there's been so many like best things so far. I mean, honestly, I'm still in that zone where I'm just like wandering around and everything's new. But like, there's just like everything here is understandable to me for the first time. Like usually I'm used to going to a place and it's like, I can't even figure out like where I'm supposed to walk. or like, You know, the language at least. You know what I mean? Like one. I know, I know the language here. And even like, you know, we share a lot of like cultural bits together. So I sort of know what's going on. Um, like I have to say, like, I really enjoyed the food here. Like I've had Indian food. I've had like weird sort of like alternate reality bagels of like, from sort of like, like the Jewish people that came here instead of America, they make bagels very differently. They involve like weirdly, like something close to corned beef and they tend to be open 24 hours a day, but they're delicious. Wait, it's um, still just called a bagel? They spell it differently. But like, and you can get it, you can just get it with cream cheese or whatever you want. But like the sort of go-to is like salt beef bagel. And it's like this like very, like imagine like a pulled beef, but it's like salty and sort of vaguely kosher tasting. And then slap like a pickle and some mustard on that. And then this bagel that like, it's like, I really appreciate it. But if you had served it to me in America, I would have said, oh, this isn't this isn't right. This isn't a good bagel. But it actually is a good bagel. It's just very different than like the typical sort of like, I don't know, like Long Island strip mall bagel. But you know where I'm from, Jeffrey. I know where you're from. I don't know why I didn't say Jersey. I just like the new. <laughs> no, I'm from the new Jersey uh, with UK listeners. It's important to delineate the difference between Jersey and New Jersey. They would which... think that, yeah, like there's no good bagels on that little island over there, Jersey. They broke the mold when they made Jersey. Oh, but no, there is another. <laughs> I'm it's funny you say that. I'm going to York as in old York this weekend. But yeah. What what is there? Is it just like old? Is this like all right? So I'd imagine you got to go to to see Arsenal, and then there's going to be like a pendulum swing of Rachel being like, "Jeff, I'd like to go see some British culture," and you're like, uh, "Can't we just go to more soccer?" And she's like, "Museums, the Tate. I want to see old houses." <laughs> yeah. No, we did a little bit of museums. We saw the uh, we saw the dinosaur bones, and then when we go to York, we are going for a Gilbert and Sullivan festival, which is about as wifely and cultural as. Yeah, possible. I think I just nailed that one. I think that was Michael Jordan dunking from uh, half <laughs> half court, mid court. To be fair, like I mean, I get that opera probably skews towards women and gay men, but I like it just fine. And weirdly, we have like a friend from our time in Vienna who's going to be performing, so it's really really cool. Yeah. Any, any, uh, anybody we would know? No. And then even weirder, <laughs> if you want, man, if I just want to keep like, uh, I've had so many like weird coincidences of like seeing, I've like bumped into people that I used to work with in Hong Kong and train stations here and stuff. Um, but one of like my very good friends, uh, from Hong Kong, 
he is up in Yorkshire now, and he's going to come visit us in York, and we're going to have a Yorkshire pudding. He claims and all that. Is it wait? Is it Yorkshire puddings? Can you can you explain to me? I feel like I have a basic no. idea, but puddings are not the same. Like in America, a pudding is very specifically like creamy or Jello, right? Right. So and I was at a dessert. I was at a I was at a British person's house once, and we were playing like some sort of like weird like British parlor game where you draw a card and you have to like name something that it starts with a certain letter. And they were like a pudding that starts with I. And all the Americans were like, "What are you talking about?" It was like a whole team of Americans, and no one could get it. And she's like, "Ice cream, you idiots!" <laughs> it was like, "You're like, I don't, are we not... playing house rules? Are we playing yeah. away rules?" <laughs> like, yeah, because that's not a pudding. Um, so I think generally, if you say a pudding, it can be right. any. Any All right, it's, it's something you put in your mouth starts with an F. Fag. <laughs> and you're like, um, um. You're like, well, um, that, that's true on both shores for different reasons. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry. You say, uh, you're, you're such a pussy. <laughs> no. Um, but the, the, I feel like the Yorkshire pudding violates even their own dumb definition of pudding. Where like pudding can be anything sweet, but a Yorkshire pudding isn't. It's kind of like a... It's, it's almost also like a trash. Popover or something. <laughs> you don't like Yorkshire pudding? No, we we've scraped the bits off the bottom of the pan. We've put some <laughs> yeah. water in it, and then we've taken a big human shit in the middle, mixed it together, put it in it. Okay, I've never made one, so you could be right. I'll. They have actually I mean, they, it... the big one here now that is like a new thing is Yorkshireitos, where basically you have like a whole Sunday roast. So you have like you know like whatever it is like lamb or chicken then like some sort of like veg and then gravy. And then you wrap it up in a gigantic um, Yorkshire Burita. pudding. Cause like usually a Yorkshire pudding is like a little guy like that, I think, but you, and so you get this Yorkshire which I'm enthused to try. It's interesting. Cause like food, I guess is evolving everywhere, but the Brits are not known for their grasp of food. Yes and no. Like I feel like they get a really bad rap mostly because they're self-deprecating and Americans don't understand irony. Like No, the best London's... food is stolen from other countries. And yeah. you, like it's Indian food is the best food in the UK. Right. But it's like, you know, the, the best things in the British Museum are not British. They're stuff that they stole. You know, it's like that's what they do here. They were like the original Japan of like, we're going to come to your culture. We're going to see everything that you do. We're going to take the best parts. We're going to take them home and make them vaguely more palatable to ourselves and also maybe like 5% better. You're describing every Ryan Reynolds heist movie. <laughs> is the it, UK man, is Ryan Reynolds. I'm, I'm the best, funniest, most handsomest jewel thief. That's my thing. Yeah, that's true. Wait, yeah. so so best thing is the puddings or worst no. thing is the pudding? So you said best worst... thing is that you can right. read the language, right? Best thing is just like I'm like just connected enough that like I like went to a place that had really good music and it wasn't that hard to find. I like, you know, like I went to like a bunch of really cool like vintage clothing stores and it was like very easy for me to know what I was doing. And it was like so like right away I'm like having fun, whereas usually the first two weeks in a new country you're just like, How do you even like get a telecommunication here or like you know what i mean like in like korea everything. in korea it was like the first three hours of at the <laughs> airport is like all right i need something that's gonna tell me where the fuck to go or I'm yeah gonna die. whereas here in the uk they very handily have signs that say way out they don't hey, say exit they say way out <laughs> hey mate uh which way do i go to get to the oh you can fuck right off all right <laughs> You know what's weird? So I've heard that this is true about British people, and we can talk about it in a few months and check in on it, but I've heard that when 
those two nice months of the year in the UK that everyone is like super nice. And like, I, yeah, yeah. So like right now they're having like this like heat wave for them, which is like 85 degrees for us. And it's actually sort of vaguely hot because nowhere has air conditioning. So you, you never escape the 85. It's 85 mm. all day. But like, it's not that hot. Um, but everyone has been like so polite, so friendly. Everybody wants to chat. Like I, and I was so expecting people to be like, basically like the British accented version of like New Yorkers, just like pushing past me and stuff. Oi, oh, I'm walking here in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm walking here, mate. <laughs> um, you call yeah. that fucking pizza? <laughs> Did they say pizza? No. I mean, I'm just making, dude. I just, Probably. I'm, I'm just doing it improv would, with no, would. with no prompt. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, so that part's been awesome. Probably the worst part was I temporarily, oh man, spoiler alert! I temporarily lost my Arsenal hat when I first got here because as soon as I got off the tube, it pulled away, and those tubes are so tiny, and the tube goes so fast that it just blew my hat Suction-y. off onto the track yeah like it was like it's the best breeze in london but you could have bought another arsenal hat like it wouldn't have been worth almost dying over or anything well like i looked at it because it's one of those weird things where it's like it's right there on the track and it's like well i can't go down there because the trains come every like three minutes there's no way i'm getting down and back up and even even in america it's probably not a good idea um but then i was very surprised and like i i this this is like literally like minute one of the uk and i went and like approached some person who worked in the tube station i was like uh yeah, it's dumb, but I, my hat blew off and it's on the tracks now. And they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. Just uh, we can't get it right now because it's like rush hour, but uh, we'll, we'll get it off later and it'll be fine. You just come right back to the station, pick it up. And then I was like, but I'm looking at the track. You know, it's like it's it looks- crawling with roaches. Some, yeah, it's like some old guy like, like kissing on it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I don't even know if I want this. hat. I came back. It was like in pristine condition. They must have gotten it like 10 minutes later. Um Oh so, yeah. my god, that's a metaphor for how your season's gonna go, isn't it? You're gonna right. be like, I dropped my hat on the tracks, but it was fine. You're gonna be like, I dropped, my, player? I dropped my Saliba in France for two years, and now he's the best defender in the world, and he's 22. We had a red card, but we scored three late goals to win. Like, that's gonna be your year, and mine's gonna be like, so my te- half my team died in a bus accident. Uh... <laughs> that would be a massive improvement. Oh, Boy. Youth team update. <laughs> terrified okay uh daddy's talking to some creepy guy (laughs) anyway we did the first half hour on my life without touching on any other topics but we haven't gotten to talk about it all so i'm just as interested as our listener (laughs) whereas usually you have to feign interest it's pretty difficult for you normally i have to just make orgasm sounds for you on the podcast and then just push you off of me um (laughs) yes that's how i remember all right, so the next topic, which is going to be a huge letdown from Jeff's new home. Aww. The next topic, uh, Skyler's amateur football career. So Boom. You're I'll, joining, I saw you're joining, is it AC Milan, right? I'm, jo- I'm joining Torn ACL, I think is the name of the, oh, of no, the club. Oh, no, really? No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, it's more that, uh, more reader context. Yeah, but what's going on with your doors being open and slammed? Um I think she keeps coming out and then being scared like she's not allowed to come out here. I just told her, like, you're allowed to go to the bathroom. You're allowed to come out. Just be discreet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can point it up like that and now real quick. Real quick. Teach your children discretion. (laughs) Something I didn't learn until I was (laughs) 34. They know. I don't beat my kids. Um so I teach them discretion. So a year ago, like 
next week, I was out running and tripped, ate shit, and shattered my collarbone. Mm-hmm. And that was right before I moved. So I had to move with my arm in a sling and like the misery of just feeling like I was in pain, on painkillers basically the whole time. Um, and then right after that, same fucking thing happened to you. Not not from uh, lackadaisical running, but, but can you lax. remind us yeah, from no, lacrosse? From, from the game of lacrosse. Yeah, and I fell down and hurt myself. Got a big owie. Mine was Which not is- as broken as yours. Though. Yours was worse. I mean, again, metaphor for our seasons, maybe foreboding. <laughs> um, but, but that took me out of my six mile a day running routine where I was running like 35, 36 brag. miles. A, a, brag. No, but I'm, it's not a brag <laughs> if I'm not doing it anymore. Um, <laughs> but, but then when I finally tried to, like, I'm finally healed enough that my orthopedic surgeon is like, you can go running now. Um, I go running and because my you legs were allowed to run until no, now? no, wow. it was like one, if I, if, one, if I fall yeah. again, I'm well, done yeah. Two, yeah. It was, it was, it, it needed to fully like, it, there was like a, I don't know if the, to the, to the, the, the nobody on Twitch, you can't see that I'm Skylar's making that like a, taunt it's like, that someone there was a, does there was like a, a micro penis. penis. Yeah. There was a micro penis of He's holding no his fingers bone. very close together. I'm trying my best here, Jeff. The, uh, there was a micro penis length of no bone in my collarbone. So like that amount of jostling is was not good for the healing. It needed to like sit still and slowly fill in with calcified bone. But anyway, I try to get back to it and I immediately get uh, Achilles tendonitis from trying to go running like I was used to. And that became a. Did you jump back into it? Like, did you go for a six k run or whatever? No, I. I mean, I started what I thought was slower with like two, two to three, and then gave it every other day. And but I was immediately in physical. Th- I was in physical therapy for the shoulder. Then I was in physical therapy for the Achilles tendonitis. And mm. every time I'd try to play soccer, it would be like showing up to a like fast and furious street race with your bicycle. <sighs> Where, like, I can kind of jog in any specific direction, but I can't, like, sprint to chase down a, an errant pass or whatever. Finally, almost a year later, I'm, like, getting back to, like, I'm playing rec soccer. That's, like, you know, like, I don't know if you if you ever have heard of Zog Sports because you've lived outside the country for so long. Never. It's basically, like, the local big city brand name uh after work happy hour sports league where they do kickball like everything you could think of um and then the levels are you know they have some teams that take it way too seriously and then other teams that are like assorted free agents where some of them are like i wanted to try playing soccer ball Hmm. um i in my older age i'm finally you know i went i used to be a striker growing up to mixed results right winger now I'm playing right back. I'm playing right back because one, everyone else on my team is too selfish to sacrifice themselves to play defense. No one wants to play defense. But when you get older, it's like it just happens. It's just easier to play defense in a short field and like a we're playing like seven v seven. It's easier to play defense because you're you're not expected to run the length of the pitch every time. But are you are you, are you claiming to be the first responsible right back in rec league history? Because no. every other right back considers himself a wing back, 
and mostly a wing if we're honest well it's I, I i'm more just like someone that understands you need to have a functional team so i'm kind of i hate to use this reference Again, but new I'm the, for rec league <laughs> i'm the james milner of my soccer team where i'm like where you want me to play like that wow. like you and, need that I know, but I, I wish I wish it was like a bunch of defenders who are just feeding me the ball because I'm good at making like I'm still kind of pacey, like I'm good at making runs. But the last two games, what I've done is like after the first few where I'm not going to say I played very well, I didn't. Mm. I've been getting really high before my games, like Seth Rogen really? at a movie premiere high. And how's and that working out? I have had two consecutive imperious matches at right back where i wow. am arguably without Man without ego without ego like all right so the first one you're gonna laugh we lost eight to one <laughs> <laughs> but it was because we didn't have a goalie and you need you kind of need, need a full-time a goalie because we had somebody, you just had some guy we had three different some guys yeah the first half we had a guy who kept it to like we were only down one or two goals and he's a good field player we were sacrificing right uh then we put someone else in who I'm going to say is maybe a less experienced field player. Okay. Um, but he put him in a goal and he, he just let him like, if there was a shot on goal, it was a goal. Like it was yeah. like almost zero even attempt to save things, which I mean, I get it. So then I took over in goal uh, the last 10 or so minutes and I let really? in one or two because it was that bad. I was like, I'm again, James Milner. I'm like, Oh God, I gotta fucking do this. I... But like, I would love to talk with your physical therapist about that. I don't think they would have been so happy about you stopping shots on that collarbone. No, but that was a year ago. And then this, I'm like, well, yeah, but even, even now you feel good enough that you could like stop a full speed shot and land. I on didn't want to look and... dude. It's like, everyone's just sort of like doing like noses, like yeah. meaning, meaning everyone's trying to quickly, Man. but I'm like looking around, like we're all in our thirties. Yeah. Oh, men used to mean something in world war one. Um, but but so I think you could retire on social security <laughs> back then in your thirties. My my grandpa bought a house on a crossing guard salary. Don't talk to me. Um, but mm. but so I'm I'm in playing right back. The thing is, I'm not I would say a strong defender, but I would I like I think I've saved like in the last two games I've saved like ten to twelve goals by myself. Really? And and <laughs> I I step up out like I step up on the wing and yeah. I take shots from midfield because I have that shot. Like I can hit a laser bolt if I have really? space. Like I can't, I can't do the thing that like a, a modern striker can do where like, I only need two feet to turn and shoot. I'm not yeah. good at that. But if I have like a second yeah. or two and no one's pressing me, I can hit like blasts. Also, I've had some passes that were like, um, like on, so I guess Sunday. So two days ago, I'm I I'm playing right back. I step into the midfield because someone's pressing me. Mm -hmm. I step like a whole 10, 15 feet forward, then hit an outside the foot with my Ooh. right foot curving pass that on purpose. Yes, that swerves around the defender and hits our striker, who I don't think he controlled it. Not that it was like it's a tough pass to control, but it was like I even yelled some shit out like holy fuck. Like I like huh. you do something so well that you're like more shocked than anybody else yeah it's and way more shocking than in fifa because you're like well i know what i can well, i think i honestly think a lot of it is just playing fifa high removes the thought process it's all instinct so when you play soccer 
and you have not only time and space, but you've already trained on like the, 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 the THC instinct because what I normally play, you're basically air bud. You're like bud (laughs) soccer. Where like air bud is a great weed joke and probably an accurate comparison (laughs) where it's like suddenly like you, you're like, well, I, you know, I have to do this and then I become Cristiano Ronaldo. You're like, I don't even, I don't even know how to do a step over. What am I doing? <laughs> Air um, Bud. I, so a little bit in that the point is that normally I'm in my own head and I'm so afraid mm. of turning the ball over that that creates like this indecision. Yeah. And then I get closed down, which I would say is something that a lot of United's players actually have the same problem. Uh, we'll yeah, get yeah. to that later. Um, but But when I'm high, it's more just like, it's almost like music. It's like when you're soloing and a guitar solo and you have no idea what the note you're going to play is two notes from now. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of feel it out. Like it feels yeah. like that. But anyway, so that's, that's all I really need to say. It's just, I'm having sort of like an age 36 Renaissance as, as a right back. And I'm like wow. pretty good so far. If, if, if our next, our next uh, game, I think is our last game of the season, maybe. Um, until the next season, but like I'll tell you if I uh, if I keep it up. If so, Skylar Hunt to Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, Skylar Hunt to <laughs> replace Aaron Juan Basaka as backup to Di- Diogo Dalo. Do you think that you're one of those fullbacks, Ala Zinchenko, that could go into central midfield? Because I mean, how no. hard would it be? Right, there's never been an easier time to be the center midfielder at Manchester United. Let me tell you why not. The reason right back and striker or winger are easier is because you can turn your back to half of the field and know there's someone who who's not behind you who's not going to come nip the ball out True. from your feet my team is full of people who do not talk i'm the person who talks i'm the sidelines if i'm on yeah. the sidelines i'm the one yelling you know two on or or right. clear it or what like i'm no one else fucking even talks um yeah. turn all those, those yeah, little so things you, line if i'm in center like midfield if I'm in center midfield, someone passes me the ball. I have no idea if there's someone two feet behind me because it's a team of Helen <laughs> Kellers. Yeah. Here and our passing is like water. <laughs> All right. So do in, we want to, do we want to move from to, to a, a more serious topic? We can move to a more serious topic. This is sort of, yeah, we're, this is a bit of like one of those movies where you jump back and forth in time. Cause this is probably the easiest way to jump back and forth into this is this. Did you see, I don't know. Did you watch the palace uh, Arsenal game? Did I did, but what did I'll you see, you, oh, go ahead. I saw the goals. Um, okay. but I think I, I did the thing where like I was multitasking where like the game was on and I was working. I think it was like during mm. work hours. What time was it for you? It was 8 PM here. So that'd be what, like 1 PM for me. It's eight, eight hours, eight hours difference with uh, California. noon. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, was like in the middle of meetings, but I had it on my second thing and I'd look over every once in a while. And I know that doesn't make me. So you probably didn't catch because before the game. There was a, a flyover with a plane with a banner that said "Kick Rapist Out of Football," um, and obviously that was directed at sort of you know the person that no one's really. Sh- Jeff, you just went mute. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Somebody was coming <laughs> out here trying to watch iCarly on our podcast. Hold on. Let's just give them a moratorium. 
Hold on. So what I'll say while Jeff's on mute is Jeff has two lovely children who add some comedic relief to this podcast that we can't script out. It's like, imagine if in the middle of like, imagine if in the middle of the Howard Stern show, Howard Stern's kids came out while some strippers riding the symbion. Uh, that's a, uh, that's essentially, that would be nothing like this. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Kids have moved. Where was I? Oh yeah. We were kicking rapists out of football. So I was saying it was, it was about, it was about the surprise interruption part. Not the, not the subject yes. matter being the same. That part is different. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I was sort of not sure how much it, this was a story. So obviously the story that we're alluding to someone, a footballer was arrested and then has not been charged yet after a report was made uh, about a rape. And, but weirdly because of British libel law, rather than just sort of tell us who was arrested or tell us nothing, they released a series of intriguing clues, you know, of like, this is how old they were. This is what part of town they were arrested. They play in. for the national team. Yes. Uh, they're going to the world cup. I'm like some of this stuff, like guys, why are you telling us this? They like lean Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a white meat kind of guy, but they will. I mean, everyone loves drumsticks, right? Drives a Fiat despite making lots of money. Yeah, but so they've released all, and then because of that, you were very quickly able to narrow it down. I mean, there's only so many football players who live in London. Who else? Who else were some of the who? So I I know who you're alluding to, um. But who who else were some of the potential people who it could have been? Who people were speculating it might be? Do you do yeah. you remember? I remember, like, I mean, instantly when the story came out and they'd said, I believe it was a 27-year-old, like, I looked at our roster, 27 or 29, something like that, and we had three, I think one was... Uh, Jaka? I think, I think it was Jaka, Party, or, like, Bayerine, or I don't know, someone else. And then I, you know, instantly went and looked at, you know, Tottenham's roster, and I think for them it was, like, you know, in that age group, it was, like, Sun or Winks or, I don't know, you know, I looked at all the... and. But very quickly, like people were ruled out. And, you know, I think the big thing that allowed people to sort of deduce that it was party is they, um, they, they, sorry, I'm stumbling over myself. <laughs> they, they were able to figure out it was party because he was not traveling with the Arsenal team at the time. Mm -hmm. And, but all of this is a very strange thing where because of the libel laws in the UK are very strict and you really celebrities and athletes and people like that are probably protected more here by libel laws than in most countries where, you know, in, in America, I mean, in America, you can print more or less whatever you want, as long as it's about Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt, because once the you get to figures. a sort of, right. Once you get to that level of fame where you're a public figure, they can say whatever they want. And there's a part of me that thinks that's good because it's like, you want to encourage people to, print outright lies for money, which is what the tabloid industry does in, you know, many places in the world. Or, but, or previous government regimes that we've had. <laughs> right. Um, on the other hand, like the current UK system is so closed off from it. Maybe this is the worst thing I've seen in the UK so far, but it's been going on all summer is like, y there isn't any credible journalistic institution that's willing to take this story on. And sort of get to the bottom of it and, you know, corroborate as many facts as they can corroborate and get as many statements as they can, you know, interview people, get sources, whatever. No one's willing to do that because of the way that the libel laws are written here. And so 
But in an era where everyone can go, like simultaneously, the irony of it is that everyone can go make a statement. So everyone is on Twitter making statements. Everyone is on Reddit making statements. Everyone is in these places. So, the but they're only, not journalists, right? Right. Like they're they're just people. Right. But the oh, so the only journalism you get is bad journalism. And so there's a part of me where you know the more I learn about this story, the more I'm starting as an Arsenal fan, just as a human being, I'm worried that it is an accusation that is credible. I'm worried that it is an accusation about you know Thomas Party. Could be. You know what I mean? Um, to be clear, we're not saying he I don't did know. Or, I don't know. We're not saying he did or did anything. So, so if if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably remember last season we talked about not only Ronaldo, uh, but we talked about Mason Greenwood. And the yeah. thing that separates this particular Mendy, incident talked, from it came up all about, the time. We didn't <laughs> talk that much about Mendy. We probably should have talked more about it. Um, but but the thing that's different now is that so with Ronaldo, it was a leak. With like, I think it was like the Build. Is that who it is? The German, uh, uh maybe magazine. Yeah. Build? That's a pretty big one, yeah. Uh, and then with Mason Greenwood, it was uh his partner who leaked all, all that content. And once you yeah. saw it, it was like, yes, he. They still both get their day in court. They still both get their legal due process. But the public court of public opinion had seen right. all they needed to see. Especially, especially in America, and like maybe that's why we handled it. I don't want to say indelicately, but we handled it like American style. In that, if you're a public figure and it's reported, you when you say we, you mean our podcast, you, you, you and I, you, okay, okay. you and I, uh, Jeffrey and Skyler, because like yeah. OJ Simpson, it's like we all talk about it. And if we had a right. podcast or a radio show, we would talk about it the same way. We wouldn't say. I don't think we said anything like he did this. It's just that we just said it looks like he did this and it looks bad and it's horrifying, which all of right. which is, is inarguable. Uh, but with, yes. with Thomas Partey, Partey, is that? Party? Party. I don't know. I I'm, I feel so like we, we argue about our pronunciations and I have no idea. I'm sure I probably, I probably said. give you more shit than you give me. So, but I, I just don't want to, <laughs> if there's, if there's a clear pronunciation for an Arsenal player, please overrule me. But like, I think it's party. Like as it, you know, and the same as party time. Okay, so that it's it's the extra e is for nothing. It's a silent e or a silent y, I guess. Anyway, it's it's an e for e. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But 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 basically, I I don't know very much about this except that I think there are multiple people who are said to have come forward and claimed something yeah. against him, against this person, whoever this person might be. It's Thomas Party, but whoever this person might be. So, well, I mean, so the one, one thing that you can is say correct. is that there was a Twitter account um, of, and sort of ironically, this girl whose family are all Arsenal fans who was dating Party about a year ago, who basically said, like, you know, he's very lucky that due to a technicality of the laws, um, you know, this is not going to, he's not going to be charged for this, but he knows what he did. And she released a bunch of screenshots of texts and things like that. And, you know, when you look at it, there's nothing in it that is obviously wrong or fake. And I think there was something in it that was, you know, Arsenal fans are like crazy where they're like, you know, they're, they're all over the world. They're tracking transfer targets, flights and things like that. You know, like, they're, they're little internet Reddit sleuths everywhere, and no one has been able to poke a hole in the story. At the same time, you know, the difference between this and the Mason Greenwood thing is that with Mason Greenwood, 
you you're talking it. about audio. Yeah. Uh, there were pictures of it. the damage. You yeah, you know, like it was. Whereas, like, I mean, anyone, this anyone with said, a cell she phone, said, unfortunately, these so are far. screenshots of he said, she said. So it's like it's like that little bit more serious than like if she had just said on Twitter that this happened. Um, I think everything has since been deleted. Um, I'm not there... saying this happened, Jeff, but I could make a fake text conversation sure. between you and I that got you to admit all sorts of things that you never said or did. I'm, not, but I'm not saying someone's doing that in such a serious case. Right. What I'm saying is the fact that that could happen is the only reason that you have someone that slim like this person, yeah, level of doubt to. still. Which, and I think that gets into the sort of the biggest question along with any of this is like, so obviously in a court of law, I don't know what the standard is in the UK, but you know, in most courts of law in sort of civilized places, the standard is something like beyond a reasonable doubt or something to that level where it's like, you have to be really, really guilty. You can be OJ level guilty and not be guilty enough sometimes, you know? Wasn't one of the people who came forward the date that she claimed that her assault happened happened to be like a week before the UK laws about it changed. So it, technically yeah, exactly. she can't even do shit, which to me is crazy to be like, your rape doesn't count because of bureaucracy. Like that yeah. to me is like, Although, the I question that I would government. love to ask a lawyer is like, okay, obviously, because this is true across the board of like, if I rob you in Italy, then New York doesn't have jurisdiction to prosecute me. I have, you know, but Italy does. And so like for someone this high profile, if the UK is saying, look, now we actually would look into this because we've passed this law where we're looking into events that have happened abroad. What I don't understand is why isn't the next call to, you know, some sort of department of justice or something like that in Spain or wherever it happened. Um, because I think if there is, you know, this is a serious, serious crime and it should be looked into by whoever has the jurisdiction. I don't imagine they were in international waters or something or in space sure. when this happened. But I mean, the point that I was making before is I think that there is a difference between the level um, that you have to take things seriously in the court of public opinion and in the court of law. And I think that like someone like OJ is like a perfect example of like absolutely nailed on guilty in the court of public opinion. I think probably correctly, but not guilty in a court of law. And I think that there's a good chance that like in this situation, maybe it's maybe it's not going to be something where you can prosecute it in a British court of law or in any court of law for all I know. But I think with a little more information, you know what I mean? Like we're very close to that Mason Greenwood line where like he hasn't actually had his day in court yet. He is not fully convicted. He's charged. The evidence has been made public and everyone saw it and made a judgment call of like, yeah, it looks like he did that, you know, but, whereas but I think this one is just on the other line where it's like there's not quite enough for the court of public opinion to slam the gavel down on this guy yet. But, uh, but it, Jeff, we're getting there. You know, I, we're getting closer I, and closer. Can I, can I respectfully disagree? And I know I'm sure. on the opposite side of the bias here by being sure. a not an Arsenal fan, but United fan. But like when it was Mason Greenwood, for me, it was like, I don't want him on my team anymore. And I know that we, we discussed the graphic nature of the evidence. Yeah. But even lacking the graphic nature of the evidence can't isn't the appropriate thing to say he won't play until we know more. Yeah. Like he, you don't have to take his salary away, you don't have to hurt his livelihood, but but he doesn't deserve a starting spot just yeah. because there's not enough like, evidence. I feel here's like that's, a giant platform. I feel like Arsenal's handling that one particularly wrong. 
and I know, so? and I and I'm trying to to be fully transparent. And I don't think the weekend's results or any of that have anything to do with it. Yeah, like you've never heard me once say, "Man, like maybe Mason Greenwood could play." Like it's it's sure. never been a, a second of hesitation with the Ronaldo one. That that's like fully. I don't know. It's it's fully it, the Ronaldo. It feels like the Ronaldo one is almost the same as the party one. The one exception mm. being time, like recency. That's it. Like that's the only yeah. difference. Is like parties was more recent. So I, you know, can I can I poke at one nuance between them? And I I think you're right. I think they're very close. And like for me, Ronaldo falls on the side of like he should be guilty in the public opinion. Apparently he isn't. You know, he's still playing. He's still on billboards. He's still whatever. But I think he there's enough that we should probably know that he's. But with with Ronaldo, and this goes back to my earlier point, you had these big, like credible journalistic institutions that were looking into it. And for whatever reason, and I don't, I would love for someone to explain it to me, but that hasn't happened with party. And I get it within the borders of the UK. I get why it can't be the Telegraph or the Guardian or the Independent that's doing it. But why is ESPN, you know, in America not doing it? Why? Well, you know what I mean? Like we, well, there are different laws in different places. I think it's because one, the Ronaldo thing happened in America, right? That's true. So That's it's true. an American issue and it was an American issue for a long time. And it's why he wasn't coming here for summer tours or anything. Cause he didn't want to get, I don't know, indicted uh, or whatever, whatever the thing is that you Dawn raid or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying that affects the morality uh, of Ronaldo playing. I would like Ronaldo to be gone. Uh, I've, I felt weird about it since we did that episode, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that there are, there are, I feel like we sort of worked through it on that episode. Whereas like, maybe you could have just chosen to not think through it all the way and have it still be ambiguous, you know, initially, Jeff, initially, I, I have to admit my own guilt of like wanting the romance of him coming back because it's something that I had, that we had been tricked and cock teased with like every year for like the previous, (laughs) like. 10 years like every time he wanted a new contract at madrid or wherever he'd be like maybe i'll go to united uh ronaldo gives quote about how much he loves sir alex ferguson like that kind of shit um and then it happened and it was like oh maybe maybe my life's not gonna be so shit but but when we went through that episode it was like kind of going through a laundry list of like how not wholesome the reunion felt yeah and and with with party I'm not again. I'm not saying Arsenal fans are. I mean, Arsenal fans have their own uh, checklist of psychological uh, ticks and obstacles yeah. to overcome. But you can't be an Arsenal fan and be sane. I'm is- sure. I'm sure there are lots of Arsenal fans, like the ones who booked that flyover. Not that the flyover is yeah, make it which is interesting. Happen. It's a good point to make. That was done because initially when I saw it, I thought, "Wow, these Palace fans are serious." <laughs> But it, no, it was it was Arsenal fans doing that who were saying like we don't want this guy in our team. It's not Kurt Zuma visiting your team and everyone in the stadium doing like cat meowing noises <laughs> to remind him that he's an animal. What's the word for that? Animal abuser. abuser? Yeah, uh, that he's the Michael Vick of of the Premier League. But <laughs> I, like I'm sure there are Arsenal fans that feel the same way. I'm I'm surprised that not more is being made about it in the general mainstream soccer media like maybe it's being discussed more in arsenal message boards but like it feels like there was like a week or so where they talked about it and they're like "Mm, party's gonna keep playing whereas mason greenwood 
is still like articles are still coming out about him. He's been gone for like six months or whatever it's been eight months. Yeah. Well, and you bring up another good point because I mean, those libel laws, they don't really make a distinction between, you know, a giant journalistic institution like the guardian and like our gunners on Reddit. But like with, for instance, on our gunners, which is a place where I expected to see a lot of wild speculation and a few people tracking down like interesting, obscure facts about it that would help you sort of work through it. They just shut down every thread. The mods would not let anyone discuss it in any form for weeks after it came out. And then now they're only letting it happen in very, very tiny, tiny doses. So I think on some level, like there just hasn't been any reckoning with it as a result of these very strict libel laws, which, you know, in this case, it seems like, gosh, that's such an overstep of those protections. Is it an excuse? Is it an excuse though? I'm not saying from everybody, yeah. but for some Arsenal fans or some Arsenal mods, is it an excuse to be like, oh, it's libel laws. We can't talk about it. Just got to keep I, playing well, them. It's and- a great, it's a great little Gedanken experiment to think about it because like what's the difference between how they're handling it and how now and how they would handle it if they were just trying to protect this important player on our team? You know, the, the answer is nothing. Now, I, I, I kind of believe they're doing it in good faith because it's like you try policing 50,000 or more. What is it like 85,000 commenters on there that are all talking about the same thing? And each one of those comments could land you in jail or could bankrupt you. It's like, it's not an easy thing to do. So I get where they're coming from. And I actually don't, I, but I, I do think that on some level, this weird silence that is around it is the silence is deafening. Like there, this is, this is a really serious issue. It shouldn't just be allowed. Like at, at, to me at a minimum, something that Arsenal could do is be like, we've heard some troubling things. Cause that's one of the few facts that has come out is the football club that this player plays for whoever it is. At this point, I'm, I'm not saying that he did it, but at this point, I think we know the player in question. He's being referenced. He's being yeah. he's being implicitly referenced, regardless of guilt. So, to me, at at the very very least, Arsenal should have their own investigation going on to decide what are we doing with this guy in the meantime. You know what I mean? They should have their own. It's funny. Investi- it's like they've got like a, a scouting department. Uh, like recruitment, <laughs> they've got trainers, they got physios, CSI they've got, Arsenal. Yeah, they've got, they've got the Saul most Goodman. dangerous criminals in the Arsenal Academy. I've said here, they've got some of the best characters from Breaking Bad ready yeah. to get to the bottom of this. But seriously, I mean, like this is a situation that calls for a private investigator or two or a lawyer or two to sift through, like what facts do we have and what should be done now? Because, I mean, the worst case scenario from an Arsenal perspective, from like an Arsenal corporate perspective, is it turns out that all the speculation about this is true. And you've sat on your hands because we really needed a defensive midfielder. Like that's pretty awful. Morally, that's the worst case scenario. But I think, again, I'm not speaking about everyone or you. Some Arsenal fans, the worst case scenario would be it's true. And he doesn't play all season. Like it's like, it's the net loss of points. Yeah. For example, Jeff, I wouldn't trade for this scenario, but Mason Greenwood plays all last season. Manchester United finished fourth. Right. And then you find out and then it's like, well, tough cookies, but thanks for getting us in the Champions League. Exactly. And yeah. and, and honestly, I the moral high ground of like, you know what? At least we're not playing a rapist. Or, sorry, at least we're not playing two rapists. <laughs> um, the moral high ground of we're not playing two rapists is not worth a year of Champions League for me. It's like... yeah. 
it's maybe the only thing I can say United have done right in the I last five years. I absolutely agree with you morally. And I would even go a step forward, further that even if you're just a cold corporate, you know, nihilist, like the fallout of, if it turns out Arsenal knew like what was going on and you know what I mean? Like, I think that the fallout from this will be w- way worse for them than missing champions league or missing Europa league or whatever it is. I think, you know, this, this could be a real, this, this could be the kind of thing that changes the club for decades. You know, if it turns out that Arsenal were in the, you know, in a cover up, and, you know, and the interesting thing about it is like, imagine for instance, if this was a player on the fringes or maybe even a player we don't want anymore. Like if this was Nicolas Pepe, he would be sitting in France making no money. He would be suspended without pay because we won't want him. You know what I mean? But this is, if you talk I've got to the Arsenal, headline, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> Pepe <laughs> Le Screwed. No, I mean, he's, Party is the most important player at Arsenal probably now. Um, you know, maybe with some of the new signings, maybe barring Jesus, but like if you talk to Arsenal fans, there's no one that screws us up more when he's gone. When, when Party was in the team last year, we were a Champions League, maybe even better than just Champions League, like a top three-ish team. When Party was out of the team, we were mid-table at best. We haven't, you know, we bought Zinchenko, who theoretically could play in that role, but we really don't, like, not there's not much of... He's not experienced in that role, he, though. Yeah, it's like, if anything, he's cover, but he's not going to step in and be as good as Party is. And huh. so, I really, I, I do wonder how much that's factoring into the decision among some people within Arsenal of, like, this isn't just some guy. You know what I mean? This isn't like a... The, but should it matter? Should it matter if he's the best player in your it team? It should right. not matter. But I'm worried that it is mattering to them because there is no one harder to replace for us. There's no one that's going to affect our season as much as he would if he was gone. I mean, it's even more than like Ronaldo or Mason Greenwood was to you. I don't have a good example on your team because there's no one on your team that no, can I'd carry any similar. weight on their shoulders. I'd say it's similar though because... In either one, you're sacrificing, let's say, possibly 20 goals for each one for either one disappearing. Yeah, I would. I would rather be a worse club and have no rapists on my team. Yeah, which don't worry, that's very soon going to be the case. Um, <laughs> but actually, it, I mean, not to be insensitive, but like that's kind of a good segue to us talking about because we still got to talk about transfer window. Yeah, and the weekend's matches, and we're at a, an hour two right now. Boom. The, we, we, we just we, hit the lightning round. Yeah, we we uh we we'll try and speed through this stuff. Um, uh, but there's so much to fucking talk about after months of not talking. Right. Um, and look at us fitting in some of our uh copyrighted trademark meet the soccer's buzzkill subject matter. But yeah, we've well, got to do it. It's, it's important. easy as long as people keep raping. Well, I mean, so that that's another point to mention. I, I just read that uh, the Premier League, at least, is about to introduce, like, mandatory, like, the way we have to do, like, HR training, yeah. mandatory, like, consent education, which brings up the topic of, like, all right, so let's say in a given room that's a random sampling of human beings that are, let's say there's 100 men, a percentage of those men are men who either would or could sexually assault someone. Like yeah. it's like, and we, and then the Premier League is like, you know, a thousand, I don't know how many Premier League players there are. It's probably not a thousand. There's probably so hundred in a given time. 
Premier League players, a percentage of them, like from that sampling, they're just, I'm not saying they're just men, but you know what I mean? Like by virtue of there being several hundred men, some of them are going to be pieces of shit. Right. This just is the exact pay- demographic who commits this crime. Well, we, we just because we pay them more, just because they're good at kicking a ball doesn't mean right. that that propensity is not the right word, but that that possibility no. of them doing these things is not going to go away. You'd hope education could help. I'm not, I, I I'm not sure it that it will. I think I think that at best it does nothing, and at worst it's actually damaging. Because it's the Premier League going, well, we tried. We did what, what else right. you want us to do? Because they need to do something. You can't do nothing, right? But I think the problem with this is, on the one hand, you could either, like, I don't think- You have a zero tolerance policy, but then- Yeah, that, that, that might is, help. But then all it takes is one devoted Spurs fan- Right, To yeah. do this. I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm saying a devoted Spurs fan could easily have started the ball rolling on this. If they want, if yeah, they if wanted all it to, ta- if all it takes is an accusation, they're going to get 30 accusations before every Derby match. You know, that's just how right. that would work. But I think to me, going back to the education thing, I don't think education, you know, like if you look at the act that has been accused, no one doesn't know that that is wrong already. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it, I don't think education is the problem here. I don't think anybody, I think very few, if any of these things are going to be stopped by education. The worst case scenario is that the, the consent education becomes a learn how to cover your ass legally class. You know what I mean? Which I think is, if you're the premier league, that's like, a huge, like it's like baseball and performance moral enhancing drug. And like, it's like baseball cheating seminars or that, right? Like, this yeah. is how we will be testing. Like, like that definitely kind of don't thing. do steroids two weeks before you test you because then we would catch you kind of thing. But three weeks before we probably wouldn't catch you. Like it's like, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. I hope, I hope that's not the case as well. Um, yeah. I don't have any faith in any league or in FIFA to do the right thing. I don't have any faith in, yeah. in them. So, all right. I so think, so yeah. should, should we just switch to um, transfers? Summer transfer window window so i get it yeah so so we here we can talk about arsenal's transfers talk about united the united's transfers or lack thereof we if it's a about, wine dough i feel like we have to talk about manchester united because i'm well, going to be more like a celebration dough. well the wine dough is more going to be like let's talk about barcelona um like as <laughs> let's just talk about barcelona not even uh in how united's dealt with them all right. All, right, all right, Arsenal. Just give us give us the lightning round for who you got, who you lost. Um, we got Zinchenko. I think that's a great pickup. Plays left back, a uh, position that we need to cover in. It was also a bit of a Swiss Army knife. How we, much do you, do you remember? Like that, the rough? he was he was like a thirty. Um, the uh, other biggest name that we got that we've been linked to for so long, and then finally came through was uh, Gabriel Jesus, who I think is. It's, I think that's so strange that Manchester. Somebody should tell Manchester City that Arsenal play in the Premier League because they they gave us two giant great players that stop giant gaps in our team. Not that we're gonna like go toe to toe with them, but it's like why you know is it I'll just the relationship why. between Pep and Arteta where they're saying like yeah we'll just make a quasi rival better you know? No, I think it's that while those two players improved you. Uh, Jesus was not starting last year in a city team that had no other strikers. So I think it was more that 
uh, Pep had other players who could fake the role that were mm. at the level of Jesus or better. I'm not saying he's shit. I think he'll score plenty of goals. I don't think he's winning the golden boot. I don't think Jesus has you suddenly competing for the league. Like I like, like it's it's their improvements that aren't still all like world beaters, if that makes any sense. And that's the only reason City would let them go in their mid twenties. They wouldn't if they were Bernardo Silva level players. You know, see what I'm saying? Like there's a Somewhere. there's a tier that's Manchester City or Manchester City aspirational. And I feel like these I mean, you players... put Sterling in that same boat then where it's just like, eh, he's just not good enough for that. And he's real good, but he's not good enough. I actually think the Sterling move was a little bit of a mistake mm-hmm. um, because I I think he's he's devastating at working teams over, even if his finishing isn't like yeah. top level. He's a winger. It's okay. It's okay. He still scores a ton of goals. Like he scored a ton of goals. He's made a trillion chances. He beats people. Like, and I would say that's not a criticism of the two players you got. I'm saying I think it's just a realistic view on it, and I feel like I have a realistic view of like my team's transfers, and you, they, they improve Arsenal, but there's still kind of a big enough gap from like City, Liverpool, then the next tier is like Chelsea, maybe Spurs, then the next tier is Arsenal, maybe United, depending upon maybe United's its own tier of tiers, <laughs> um, tiers. But I think I think you I think you've improved. But I also think the teams above you are so far. They've above improved you it, more, even. It, you know, like how is how is this going to bite City in the ass? I don't think that it will. And they got they still need to do financial fair play balancing. Right. Like I mean, and that. they did. To be fair, like we we sent them eighty million pounds, and even for a team like them, that's not nothing for these two players. We um, made eighty million pounds from selling in like the last six windows combined. It's like yeah. So it's a I don't numbers know. game. Probably... It's a, it, that's an accountant move to me. Where yeah, city are like we can replace them for the same money. Like we're we're not worried. I mean, would you trade those two players for Halan if you're City and you have so many other players on the bench lined up to replace them? Probably would, right? And I they mean, didn't Holland... even have to because Holland they got for fifty, which is crazy. Yeah, like because we we I think we wanted to buy him for even way more than that, and we, and we couldn't. But like. Right. Even if he if he's fit for two thirds of the season, he's going to score twenty five Premier League goals at least, maybe yeah. 30, 35 in all competitions. Like, and that's with him adjusting to the league. Like, that's what I mean. Like, Holland health is his only is the only thing stopping him from being the Golden Boot winner this year. Yeah. Plus, he's what twenty one, twenty two, maybe. Yeah. I but guess. but he's like six thousand feet tall and pretty yeah. pacey, yeah. and he's an amazing finisher. Like. I'm not looking forward to playing against him no, at all. Not at all. Wait, so yeah. you, you you had two transfers in or more than no, two? No, no. So that was the that was sort of the biggest two. The other ones were we had um Vieira, not Patrick Vieira, um Fabrizio Vieira, is that his name? Uh he came he I he dominated the Portuguese league last year. He's a really nice little number ten. I'm not sure how he fits into our team yet because we already is have he an Odegaard rotation? I, I think so. Um, I've heard some people saying like maybe Smith Rowe comes in and plays as a deep lying player and that makes some room for him up front or, you know, also like, I think Odegaard is a good player, but not a player who, I mean, maybe it's true for all players, but he shouldn't be without competition. And this is a guy who's good. But enough he's your to, like, captain now. He is he's like, what is he? He's 24 very year old captain. 
He is, and he's very good, and I really, really like him, but he definitely had like good and bad games last year. So I feel like it's good to have another guy, another option. Um, and then we, we signed another young Brazilian player, Marquinhos, who's looked really nice. So excited about that. I mean, if he's anything like the, the other Marquinhos, play for a thousand years. Yeah. 1,000-year reign of terror for the new Marquinhos. If anything, I think sort of like you, is like we still have this ability to buy players for 70 and sell them for eight. Um, And (laughs) like we've done a bunch, you know, Leno sold for eight. Like we're, you know, Bayerine looks like he's going to go on a free or next to nothing. I mean, we're just not getting rid of players in the same way that you would want us to. Um, it'd be great to, you know, like a guy like Bayerine, if we knew that we were done with him two years ago, sell him then when Barcelona wanted him for 40, you know, it's and like if you, how do, I've handled, if you do that enough, then yeah. It's how I've handled buying cryptocurrency, buy it at its absolute peak and then just watch your money gradually drift away like grains of sand through your fingers. Yeah. Diamond hands. So speaking of diamond hands, um, there's no segue. Uh, no. so United, shit ass summer maybe gonna get shittier assier and <laughs> summerier well that's so, good the summer part's nice the only positive of the whole summer is when arsenal and united competed for lissandro martinez from ix yes and you guys and won we won but we paid msrp for lissandro martinez we did not get him at a discount he's an you apple paid product 50 for him right yeah it's like 50 million i want to say that's pounds i want to say it's like and you'd probably would rather have holland for that price is that true well i don't think that all right so first of all jeff my team has had like i don't know 11 13 departures since last season yeah like it's probably we, a good thing a good thing if you're gonna replace at least half of them with real good players and the other yeah. half with talented youngsters instead <laughs> what we have done so we got martinez who i would say is our only legitimate purchase of the entire summer we got tyrell malasia is it martinez are you just americanizing the shit out of that that's just from just from what i've how i've heard that is that how you say it in the premier league i'm not even sure if that's how you how he says it okay i would have guessed martinez but okay but if i'm imagining like like ian dark or whoever being like martinez like that's true well the brits would just say it wrong but okay Go ahead. Uh, this yeah. is a soccer podcast. Nobody has a real name. All of us are, it's like nobody's really seeing with their eyes. We're all seeing like uh, through prisms. You know what I mean, That's bro? Deep. That's deep, man. Like red to me is not the same as red to you. Yeah. Uh, even that we're both DMT? red. No. <laughs> I've Go eaten ahead. it. Um, no, so um, so we got Tyrell Malasia from Feyenoord. Fi- Fi- uh, okay. For 15 million. So a super cheap left back who already looks better than what Luke Shaw currently is and is much better than Alex Telesh, uh, <laughs> who is headed back to Porto on a, on a loan. Or, no, sorry, Sevilla. Uh, He's headed to Sevilla on a loan. Those are becoming more common now, aren't they? Of like because they're like weird end of pay. contract loans. Like it's because It's because wage inflation, big clubs mm. to lure away players from other leagues are like we'll pay you a hundred times more than you're making and they'll go okay and then they suck and you want to move them on but that old team that's got a a much lower wage structure that's set in stone 
Like we play baby players five thousand a week. We play medium players fifteen thousand a week, and we play our best players like thirty thousand a week. And like that's it. So when you've got some guy that's now on ninety k at United, and he wants to go back to you, or he wants like you, the only way to do that is to say, okay, the money you you would have spent ten million on a transfer fee. Now that transfer fee is gone. Can you just take his salary off our books for a year? Yeah. And they they go okay. And maybe they buy him later for a pittance or it's like two one-year loans in a row until his contract's gone and he's a free agent. So United cannot sell. We cannot buy. We got Christian Eriksen on a free, which may be interesting to talk about because I remember a year ago watching him be dead for 10 minutes. Um, and then yeah. now he's signed for my team. Like I was in a bar with my Danish work friend and all of his Danish friends that live in LA. Oh, and wow. It was during the Euros, and we watched Erickson go down, and for a half hour, we just sat there, and we're just like... What did we just see? <laughs> yeah, and I had witnessed it in real life two months prior at my only pickup soccer game since COVID began, and I saw a guy oh, kind of die on the field. This. I think we must have talked about it, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But then for Erickson to be on my team, and then... So this... I mean, I want to talk about Barcelona, but we can talk about, like, performances, but, like... Erickson, maybe the only Man United quality player that was on the field this past weekend. Wow. So free transfer. He's What's up with Sancho old. these days? I didn't see the game. Sorry. Sancho had a great preseason, but then was sick and then started and it wasn't mm. good. So maybe he okay. was still getting over the being a little sick. bit of benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so the only th- other thing I want to talk about, and we can talk about any other transfers you want. We probably mm. got to wrap this up in like the next 15 minutes. Uh, but Barcelona. Even if you're not United, who has been trying to deal with Barcelona all summer for a one Frankie de Jong, who seemingly does not want to come to Manchester United, but he's our own. He's we only want to take Kelly to prom, and if she says no, we still just want to take Kelly to prom. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, but Barcelona, who was hundreds and hundreds of millions of euros in debt from their crazy ass politically driven transfer policy, which is you got a president. Uh, of Barcelona, they win an election by making crazy promises to uh, salivating fans, like things like "We will bring in four Messies next." It's like it's, I almost sounded like the Count from Sesame Street. Four Messies, ah, 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 <laughs> one, <laughs> two, three, four Messies. Um, and the Count sounds like most La Liga commentators. <laughs> ah, but, ah. But basically, Barcelona just mortgaged their whole future to buy more players. Like they have, which is weird because hadn't they already sold their whole future? Yeah, they 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 they're now like for for money now they're essentially speculating or the people the people giving Barcelona money in exchange for twenty five percent of Barca TV studios, uh, like all these different things. Barcelona's like selling like a percentage of future. Uh, merchandise sales, a, per- a percentage of whatever the f- value of future streaming rights are. Yeah. Less so, club. To spend that money now, that money is gone. Now, Barcelona, like the people who are speculating are basically like, I think that the rights, the TV rights, the merch rights, the Barca studio rights will actually continue to appreciate over right. time. And then all of the difference in that is money gained for those investors. Barcelona in seasons 2023 2024 2025 all the way for like i think it's had the next 10 or 15 or 25 years for the different levers as they're calling it like pulling a lever is almost like just pulling a switch and then money falls down 
in the future, they will be making a fraction of the right. money that they would have made had they behaved responsibly. It's such a strange call from them because they're like the one club where it's like, God, you sell out that 90,000 seat stadium every weekend. You're Barcelona. There's no team more recognizable in the world than you. There's no, you know, it's like you just, just collect all the money that you could like, why do you need to like be a year or two ahead of yourself like this? It's, it's a it's, strange, it's but it's, so- I guess it's also just the way that that club works. You can't, there is no such thing as second place. So the first loser there, but, Ricky Bobby. but, but because it's, presidents who are living in the now who very much are just doing whatever it is i can do to stay elected uh in the short term there it's 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 politicians with global warming it's the same fucking shit it's what will what will get me the votes in this coal miner town spending sorry i'm conflating the two the two issues but it's like the spending now keeps the president is it um Fuck, I get their names confused. Because one of them is Bartomeo and one of them is Laporta. I want to say it's Laporta. Bartomeo is the guy who just, they got rid of. Who was the guy who got rid of Messi, I think. And then I think Laporta came back. Like, like, it's like you go back and forth between, like, Joe Biden and, like, George Bush. Like, those are your two options each year for Barcelona. Right. (laughs) Um, But... It'll be interesting. It'll be at the minimum interesting to see because they can't sustain this level of spending. It's like trying to out exercise an increasingly bad diet. Like if you eat 2000 calories a day, then 3000, then 4000, then 5000, there's a point where the math won't work and your body will break down. And the metaphor would mean that in this case, Barcelona would be spending more than they're earning. They'd have issues with registering players for La Liga, which they are still currently having. Like they've needed to essentially take out like a billion in loans just to push the register button. Yeah, and and it's it's like a classic club that could be in like the sixth division if they get docked from like having to go into administration or go like essentially declaring bankruptcy, Michael Scott style. So like that that's almost as fucked up as. But they're sorry, playing ultimate. They're playing the ultimate game of poker, which is, are you gonna are you gonna let this happen to us because we're Barcelona? You know what I mean? It's a little like it's yes. Like, and Eventually, I don't think the, that they will. I don't think I don't think that they'll ever let Barcelona crumble to the sixth division. You know, at best they might treat give them a Juventus treatment, but it's like dude. But look at you, you look at Rangers who crumbled. They're back. You know what I mean? Because, you look at because Juventus, that's an easy that's an easy way. Easier. That's an easy division to fight. All you need is a tiny bit of money, which Rangers brand name alone gives you. But like Everton but is maybe going to get level. Everton's going to maybe get relegated this year. True. Hey, United, yeah, United. Really if things continue at this rate, United could be relegated by the time we're both forty. I mean, this is possible. I think. I think the difference between, like, say, you know, like it has happened to teams before. Like, you look at like a what is it Blackpool that had like won the Premier League, but it's like Blackpool isn't Manchester United, and they're not Barcelona. I think that there are very like those teams. There are a few teams that I think transcend the sport a little bit, and I think that both. Manu and Barca are teams like that. And I think whatever happens, there will be paper shuffling behind the scenes and you will not, there will not be very many years without Barcelona on top. They just won't. United it's not fair. It's the sport, but we're just not good at playing it. <laughs> you're too, yeah. You're too good at transcending it. But on some level, like, do you really like, I could see them. I could see the sort of script writers letting Manchester United eventually get relegated. But do you ever, do you think there's any reality 
where Manchester United in like a hundred years, people look back and like, Oh, you know, they actually used to win a bunch of titles. They were like a pretty big team. Like the way that people talk about like the old Etonians or something like now, where it's like this historically years, big team. I don't There's think no the, way that happens. Jeff, me. I don't think the world will exist in a hundred years. Good point. I mean, we'll be, we'll be playing it on Mars. It'll be five aside. It'll be very different. The gravity is different there. It's very different. Many oh, no. We'll be dead. Uh, so. Oh, you and I. Yeah, like, Meet the I'm, Soccer is the podcast, like Manchester United. That will, you know, it transcends the sport. And it'll live dude, I'm not, I'm not clear in 2040 at, the, at this rate. Um, but all right, Unless so, United pick it up. <laughs> let's talk about the things that will kill both you and I. First of all, Arsenal's three points. Um, uh, give us, give us, awesome. give us your, give us your speed run. It was great. I mean, look, I think Palace are a real good team. I think they were a pretty good team last year. Last year, they took four points off us, um, and they're managed did. by some nobody that some no name, right? <laughs> um, another Vieira, not the one we bought this year. Um, which I did love that moment at the game where the Arsenal fans sang the Vieira. Um, I think he probably loved it less because he's a massive competitor and he knows they wouldn't have done that if he had been winning by two. But I think two. Two nil at Selhurst Park is a great result this year. I think we were a little lucky to have it, if I'm honest. I think it was uh, it was real close to being a one one kind of game, and they probably even deserved that at times. But you know, there's always that moment in like the 70th to 80th ish minute where either you score and it becomes two nil and it becomes kind of set in stone, or they score and it's one one, and now suddenly you got like 10 minutes of hell in front of you, and who knows right. what's going to happen. And th- this was that game, and you know we sort of won that coin toss, and like hooray for us. But Palace is a good team. That was a great. That was a great three points. I can only dream of what three points feels like because I don't remember it. I don't remember winning a match. It's like uh, a warm apple pie. Scott. No, so 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 Jeff, I remember two weeks ago. It was like four in the morning in like Bangkok. Like, sorry, four in the morning here, <laughs> Bangkok time. Manchester United beats Liverpool four to nothing in the first match of preseason. Liverpool is a week behind us in fitness, which makes a lot of difference. That week of yeah. double session running makes a world of difference. Liverpool played three 11s for 33 minutes each. Or sorry, for 30 minutes each. United played two 11s for 45 minutes each. Uh, United's backups were better than Liverpool's unfit starting 11 at the end yeah. and vice and vice versa in the beginning. So you got four, nothing. Um, but is any that, of that also just chalked up to Liverpool, maybe sliding a little bit this year? I mean, they did just, they just, they got rid of Mane right? getting rid of Mane yeah. is going to be rough, but Darwin Nunez, maybe not quite as, I don't anticipate him being equal with Holland, but I anticipate him still banging in a bunch of goals. Like just the amount really? of chances both people teams are already have. using the F word with him, like that he could be a flop. You don't? Think oh, so? I thought you were gonna say it is uh, in Europe. <laughs> it is a word for something you put in your mouth. Uh, it is a uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they're not using. I mean, some some honestly, some Liverpool supporters probably are using that word. They're scum. But... No, he. He he just scored like thirty two goals in Portuguese league. He's not going to score zero. Like Bruno came over and at least for the first six months, like replicated his form. I think Nunez, also at age twenty two, similar to yeah. Holland, will continue to grow. We wanted him. We just couldn't convince him to come because we are a joke. Um, like our Hudson Hogg's original plan was Darwin Nunez, Anthony, Frankie De Jong. Uh, Jury and Timber. Like, those are the four players he wanted, which, great. 
But so United in failure. So all right, so United played against Brighton, who last year the two matches against Brighton where it was Ole at, in the first one, I think we nicked a win maybe unfairly. Um and then in the second one we got four nothing. Like we, it was it was one of those matches at the end that like signaled goodbye Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm-hmm. Or fuck, no, sorry. No, that was a Ralph Ragnick four nothing. The bright, the that was that was, I think it was I think it was Ralph. It's so hard to remember because we've had so many shit managers in such a short amount of time. But but so this was going to be the how how have United how far have United come by losing thirteen players and Eric Ten Eric Ten Hag playing like with his system for a few weeks like since since preseason had arrived and the answer is like the score is a little improved but the performance for the eye test was like we were lost. We yeah. didn't have a actual striker playing until Ronaldo came on in the 51st minute. And Ronaldo had had no preseason. Ronaldo had skipped the entire tour because he wants to leave because we're not playing in Champions League. And he realized that two months after it was clear we wouldn't be playing in the Champions League. He's like, yeah. wait a minute, July 7th. Hmm. Europa League, that's not Champions League, right? And then Ronaldo decided to like suddenly start whoring himself out to every club in Europe, all of whom have said no, thank you. Which uh, is real strange, you know. I mean, because he's still if you told me that he scores 30 goals this season, I he scores I, I tw- could believe you. You know what I mean? It's possible he scores like 20 something goals, and the rest of your team that'd be scoring goals, they're not scoring their goals yeah. anymore. They're passing to him and he's doing what he wants to do. But like we were playing with, I think it was at first it was Christian Erickson as a false nine, and he was really false at it. So in the second half, Erickson switched more to like the quarterback style of being a midfielder where he's sitting back and just Which chuck is his it floating. Position. No, he's more he's more of like a Bruno Fernandez, almost like for like with some different strengths and some different weaknesses. Like Bruno's a little pacier. Erickson keeps the ball better. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both were just chucking up passes that we were doing nothing with. But in the end, we scored one goal that was like a Diogo Dalo, sort of like the ball bounces off six people and like the fullback kicks it into his own goal. And Dalo's like, I scored. And replays <laughs> like, you didn't. 2 1, it felt like 4 nothing. It felt just like the 4 nothing, if I can be real with you. So United are uh, now have to play Brentford this weekend and then Liverpool the next. The lip- I did not realize you had Liverpool coming week three. That's and it that's and it, it could be just as bad as last season because say Liverpool are five percent worse, we are twenty percent. We have we have twenty percent less players. Like we don't even have Pogba or Matic or Cavani or these guys who may or may not even show up for a match. Like wow. we don't even have them now. So our choices are to like like so we're talking about getting. Marco Arnautovic, who I don't know if you remember him, but he like wasn't good enough yeah. for West Ham several years yeah. ago. He went no, to... he's, he's an Austrian guy, right? Yeah, and he's like a little bit of a racist. Players. He's like a little oh, bit of a yeah. racist. He's 33. He just scored 14 goals for Bologna in Serie A. So I don't, I'm not in the, if, is he a Ronaldo? I saw him live, like at the end of the spring when I went to the Austria France game and he looked pretty good. So in he, international, international football slower. Yeah. But like you know the Nations League, the highest international caliber. But is this 33-year-old racist who's not very good a replacement yeah. for Ronaldo, who's already not the answer? Like it feels yeah. like we're about to get worse. We're talking to 
Adrian Rabio at PSG, or sorry, now he's at Juventus. He was at PSG for a while, but he's basically, if you look at the stats, everyone's talking about he's the shit French Scott McTominay, which is mm. what we don't want. Yeah. I do feel like uh, you guys are in a zone right now that Arsenal were in for a few years where psychologically, like you're trying to do things that look like good moves to fans so that but they're you're cheap. not, you know what I mean? It's like, what can we do real quick, real quick? Uh, uh, let's get Lucas Perez. Uh, you know, and like when you, when you look for those things that that is death, because what you need to do, like you need to go and buy like, a 19 year old guy named Marquinhos that no one has ever heard of from Brazil, but your scouting department is like, guys, this is it. You know what I mean? Like you need to like, just get comfy with the fact that there aren't any quick fixes. But how fucked is this, Jeff? They bid 9 million to Bologna for 33 year old Onartovic. The fan uproar against him for racism and performance reasons twofold was, Oh fuck. No, we'd rather have nobody. We'd rather play our kids. (laughs) United have stopped pursuing Marco and Artem. It's like they're, it's like yeah. they're, they're That's like, ex- exactly they're calling, the they're calling someone and being like, how about now? Like, yeah. Well, even that is like, cause if they, if, if you really told me that everyone like within the football side of Manchester United really thought that Arnautovic could just like somehow come to you guys and be great, then I think that they should go get him. Even if the fans don't like it. Like when you get Ten into Hog that fan appeasement like mode, I think yeah. Ten Hag knows him from the Netherlands. And it's like, it yeah. feels like our whole scouting department quit or was fired or was like, finally got caught sleeping during their college job or like whatever the, whatever the thing is like. And so all, that's why all of our recruits have been like played for Ten Hag at Ajax played against Ten Hag at Ajax. Yeah. Like those, because he's like, all right, I'm not trusting any of you dumb fucks um, who are just like looking at FIFA and suggesting whoever the best rated players in FIFA are. So we're fucked, Jeff, and I don't really have anything more to say about it because there's we need signings, but we need them to not be players we're going to look to shift on in 12 months because they're bad. Yeah. I I do. I, wor- I worry for you guys because I think, like, obviously you do need signings, but, like, the names that you're bringing up that are getting, like, bandied about, it's like they're trying to get players that people have heard of so that people won't be so mad, and that is... We did that for a while at Arsenal... And it is the absolute worst case scenario. It's the Glazers should be the name of like every episode where we're talking about how United <laughs> sucks. It's like they they've taken out like including the debt like a billion from this club since buying it. Yeah. A billion. I know they spent a billion very poorly that Ed Woodard has just run around like a chicken with his head cut off and wasted a lot of that money with your buying Pogba for eighty million, losing him for free, like. All of that stuff. We, we wasted some fucking money, but that doesn't mean you just never spend again. It means you have to invest at that right. level, but correctly. Yeah. Or even All like, right. honestly, I think there's a good, I think there's a good case to be made that like, maybe you guys aren't in a, like a hundred million dollar player to save the team phase. Like the thing that Arsenal did this summer. millions that right. can get better. Like that, if you look at what Arsenal bought this summer, is like we got a Zinchenko for thirty million, we got a Fiera for thirty million, we got a you know, and it's like those are the kind of players that like when you have five holes to fill, then fill them. You know what I mean? And then maybe down the road in a few years, then you have the chance to be like, guys, we're one superstar away. But I, you're not there right now. All right, my computer's about to die. We've just hey. hit an hour and a half. Hey, I'm gonna try and come visit you at some point, and we're gonna do a live episode. That'd be incredible. I would love that. All right, my friend. It's been I'm going to play us out 
Yeah, play the music. Skyler's Skyler's uh Skyler's version of the music that he sent me. Oh wait, wait, are you gonna have to put it on speakerphone? Yeah. Eat the mic with it. Then. Okay, ready. All right, hey, I'm your host, Skylar Hunt, uh, and, and I'm your host, Jim Vickin. <laughs> well, Jeff, uh, like, where do you really want to start? Well, I'm feeling pretty good about Arsenal. We, you know, we started the season with the 2-0 victory. It feels like it's going to be, you know, a lot of that this year. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Everything, Arteta is, you know, Xhaka, you know, it's just, it's just how about you, Skylar? Well, Jeff, you know. No, you just you know, you go to sleep at night and you hope you're gonna wake up in a better world than you went to bed in, and it never fucking happens. Yeah, you know, so, so Arsenal is you know. So that was a pretty good impersonation of me and a very good shaming of me um, that led to us doing this podcast for the first time in a couple months. The well, off season, if you will. Maybe season two of the podcast will be better than United season. <laughs> maybe it'll mirror Arsenal's. Man. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe, maybe what we need is to bring spend eighty million dollars to bring in like a sort of fading podcast star. Like if you added a Joe, Mark Maron, we got Mark Maron <laughs> yeah, for yeah, forty yeah. million. Yeah. Like all right, Jeff. See you next time. Ryan?